This is part two of our interview with the guys from One Salting. Welcome to Declassified College, a podcast where we give you all the cheat codes needed to pass this level in your life. Each week, we share three short episodes filled with clips of our interviews with students from across the United States and occasionally an interview with an industry expert to answer all of your questions about attending university. College can be what sets you up for a prosperous career, or it can be the four years that when you look back on it, you wish that you did it different. We're here to make sure that you have all the information so that by the time you walk across that stage, you're ready for the so-called real world that the boomers love to talk about. My name is Justin Wynn, and it's about time we declassified college. And we're back with part two of our interview with Jonathan and Jerry. If you didn't catch part one, be sure to check that out first so that this episode makes a little bit more sense. But in this episode, we're going over a few more LinkedIn tips, how exactly you can go about getting that job offer, even if you don't necessarily have the work experiences or internship experiences on your resume. And last but not least, we go over negotiations. I know it's scary, but we're gonna be going over it so that when you do get that job offer, you make sure to get the maximum amount of salary, perks, etc., that you deserve. So I just wanna jump into this episode. Let's go. Yeah, of course. So one of the most important aspects of LinkedIn is always using a personalized invite whenever you're connecting with someone, especially if you don't know them. Yes. The reason being is because a lot of these different professionals, and when you send a personal invite to as well, you are basically making that first impression and that first point of contact in regards to not being a cold message, but ultimately being a warm message. So what I would do is actually when, when I was networking with a ton of different professionals was I would literally just say, hi, Justin, I hope your day is going well so far. My name is Jonathan Avier, and then whatever position or school that you go to. So I'd say like, let's say I'm a fourth year at UC Riverside. So I say, my name is Jonathan Avier. I'm a fourth year business student at UC Riverside. And then you say something interesting about their profile. So I'd be like, oh, I saw that you currently work in the tech industry with Facebook. Uh, and maybe they graduated from UC Riverside too as well. And then I'd be like, oh, and, and I saw that you also graduated from UC Riverside. It would be great to connect with a fellow Highlander. And then I just put best, Jonathan. The reason being why you want to target specifically alumni too as well is because you both share something in common, right? For me, since I'm a UCR graduate from UC Riverside, I'm more happy to help specifically Highlanders because obviously I graduated from there, right? And by doing so, you're able to share those commonalities, which can ultimately get your foot in the door uh, at the specific companies that you're interested in. Couldn't agree more. Yep. You're talking to the god of LinkedIn, by the way. <laughs> Dude, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is such a great platform, man. And I know Jonathan, he's all over it, right? He, right. He's always posting. He's always commenting. And I mean, both of you guys, I see your, uh, both of your profiles um, always popping up on my timeline. And I don't even think I'm connected with Jerry yet. So yeah, uh, for yeah. some reason, your profile keeps popping up on my timeline. <laughs> I don't know like how. Adding, but... I keep adding him on my, my post. <laughs> <laughs> that LinkedIn algorithm, man. Yeah. Um, so speaking about other aspects of LinkedIn, right? Personalized invite is great. 
about the profile. What should people put on their profile? Because what I like, what I mean, what I tend to see, which I don't necessarily like, is people will put their resume at the experience section, which is perfectly fine. But then they'll basically just regurgitate that in their summary or about me section. Right. And I think that's kind of wrong because you're just making them read it twice, essentially. So what are some tips and tricks that you can kind of give to these students about their profile section? Yeah. I, uh, so I think the number one thing is that similar to a resume, a recruiter isn't going to spend 15 minutes trying to figure out what are your passions, what experience have you done, and what impact metrics can you tell me specifically to understand the impact that you've made at your company. And so if you go off of that assumption, then the question is, what what is the key information that you want people to know about each of the descriptions that you've had for each of your roles? And what key details that's not experience related do you want to reveal about yourself um, about you as a professional? And so that's how I would think about using your about me section as well as your experience. Simplify, make it extremely short and concise because everyone's busy. The better that you, the easier that you can make a recruiter's life by simplifying about me section making sure that it's extremely short uh, but it gets straight to the point as well as having key details of the of the impact that you've made at the companies in each of experience in my mind are best practices and and just to add a really, really quick point uh definitely like do all that jerry said and then also make sure to add media so uh, like for example all, all the workshops and different speaking engagements or the different infographics that uh, I've created, whether it's through our, our speaker series, whether it's different things, I include them specifically in the media section on the about me. So then people can see like, oh, these people have spoken at, uh, at UC Santa Cruz, or they've spoken at UC Berkeley, they've spoken at talks at Google, right? So then you're able to show people from a visual representation and, and standpoint that you're doing these things that are ultimately making impact. And then that could lead to more speaking engagements, right? So definitely include that media section, whether it's on your about me or your different experiences. Definitely. How do you guys feel about um, keyword banks? Uh, I don't necessarily agree with them because I feel like it makes your profile look weird. But some people do advise you to put like a keyword bank at the bottom of your about me page or section. Yeah, I mean, those are the minute things that you can do to try to trick people into going into your profile. But the question is, does your, does your profile have content specifically tailored towards the recruiters that you're trying to target? And are they going to convert as a result of looking at your profile? So in my mind, instead of trying to spend all spend someone's time figuring out the right keywords to put at the bottom of your page, I think the better time should be spent refining, gaining feedback, and updating your profile. And especially as engaging with others. Mm -hmm. Engaging with others is very important. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the key words should ultimately be in your experiences and your bullet points anyways. Yeah, sure. So just make sure to, of course, keep refining your LinkedIn uh, experiences. What I, I actually do is at the bottom of each experience, I just put a skills section. So just in case like recruiters are looking and are like, okay, like what skills has Jonathan used specifically in the past at Google? Or what is he currently doing right now specifically at Cisco? Then they can just look at those keywords on my skills and then ultimately see if I fit the, the job description that they're recruiting for. So right. yeah, you can definitely include it in your experiences. True. Okay. Let's say we've optimized our profile, right? And it looks clean. We got a beautiful profile picture. Headline is great. Summaries all maxed out. Experiences have the skill section aligned with it. But how do we get people to see it? Because you can have the most amazing profile, but if no one sees it, is there really a point for it? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So that's why I feel like it's very important. Like, like we were talking about to engage with either engage with people's content or create your own content, right? Because that content that you're, so I'll just go from the content standpoint of you creating it, that creates a personal brand around yourself where people are going to be like, who's this, who's this guy posting in regards to career development? Let me click his profile, right? Oh, Jonathan is, has experiences in X, Y, and Z, right? So it's very important to ultimately create that personal brand around the content that you're creating and then also engage with other people's posts. Because for example, like Justin, actually what happened was, uh, you know, your post that you actually uh, commented, uh, tagged me in, when I commented on that, I actually had someone from Prezi reach out to me and be like, hey, I saw that you talked about X, Y, and Z. I would love to speak with you in regards to like what you feel about that specific topic. Then we're able to create that network of different individuals in order for you to learn more about what they're doing and then what I'm doing. And then that builds basically the cycle of connections on LinkedIn. So yeah, it's very important to be engaged with other people's posts, but then also if you have your own story or if you have something to share, you know, share it. Yeah. And LinkedIn is the epitome. It is the, 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 the definition of the networking effect. You literally, if someone clicks like, or someone who has a lot of followers clicks like on your profile or, or sorry, content, that will be exposed to their entire network. And once they see that, then that might be, uh, that might cause other people to engage with your content, which will then cause their network to see it. And so what you'll end up seeing is that you'll post a, l- a little bit about the learnings that you've had, or maybe something about yourself and that over 150,000 people saw it in the past week. And as a result, a hundred out of those 150,000, 150 recruiters and three reached out, right? And so exactly what Jonathan said, create or engage with content because the networking effect is extremely in your favor. That's awesome. And and shout out to, I think I know who reached out to you um, via Prezi. Um, shout out to her and making kind of like the networking effect, like you right. said on LinkedIn, kind of work um, in both of our favors. Right. So I love telling students to create content or engage with content, but a lot of them, like to say back to me, but I don't have anything to talk about. I'm just a student. What do I have to say on LinkedIn, this platform that's full of professionals and people that have tons of years of work experience, right? So what is your response to that? Yeah. uh, My initial response is come to one of our workshops. (laughs) 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 Um, No, but, uh, and the only reason I joke around with that is because one of the things that we always challenge the students that we talk of talk to about about LinkedIn and presenting is we always encourage them to say, hey, take that leap of faith. If you don't have any content, then post about what you've learned here. Tag us, we'll comment. And what the amazing thing is, is that for someone who has created content for the first time, they'll get 60, 70 yeah. people like it and thousands of people to look at that content. Just because they created content, Jonathan and I both liked and commented it our networks see it, they click and engage with it, and then it just happens, right? And so uh, in terms of the specific content, one, if you don't have access to come to one of our workshops, <laughs> then uh, the, other <laughs> thing, uh, yeah, the other thing I'd recommend is just find out what you're passionate about. That be it g- giving back, um, whether that's making, you know, uh, doing volunteering work or something about a social, some social cause that you're really passionate about, that just create something about it and just put yourself out there because the worst case scenario is that no one will read it 
and you know at least yeah you would have tried at that point and then you can try again to try to shift the content that which you're uh, posting about and so there is no harm in doing so it takes a leap of faith because at least when i thought about think back to when i first created content it was very scary because i was like man what if that's a grammar error man what is one you know what if someone's going to judge me but we never put ourselves in the reader's shoes and we never think back to the opposite end of you know i go through my linkedin feed 10 times a day how often do i judge someone as a result of them creating content probably never if anything i'm more impressed because they have you know the guts to put themselves out there definitely yeah and i mean yeah when i first started content i didn't know exactly what i wanted to post but one of the things that I did was like Jerry said, just whatever you're passionately really passionate about, that's really important. And then also you can just share, you know, share people's content too, as well. If you really agree with someone's statement. And I actually did this specifically for someone when I wanted to work for LinkedIn, I would share her content and be like, Oh, or I would comment on her comment to uh, on her content too, as well. And be like, Oh, this is amazing. Like, and then create that conversation with that specific person in regards to what they are passionate about too, as well, because you could both align with similar passions. So definitely when you're creating content too as well, think about it in a way where, how are you going, if someone reads your post, how are you providing value to them, right? We actually see a lot of this when I actually wrote a, a post, an article recently about the, I'm happy to announce post. We see, you see them all the time, <laughs> we see them all the time. And it's usually just someone oh, saying, I'm happy to announce I got a job at, uh, at I don't know what whatever company right at Mastercard. Thank you to thank you to whoever. That's it, right? <laughs> but the reason why I always talk about these different posts is because like a lot of people can provide value specifically in this in these posts and different articles that they comment specifically on the I'm happy to announce by just sharing how did they get it, right? So for example, maybe you can say like I'm happy to announce I got a job in Mastercard. I was able to get this opportunity by utilizing LinkedIn and these ways, X, Y, Z. Thank you to whoever and then tag the specific people that helped you get into that position. And that provides value to people in order for them to see, oh, I want to work for MasterCard. Let me utilize these strategies in order to get into that specific company. Yeah, I saw that post and I was like, dude, that is fire. Like, that's so... <laughs> Did you see the article? Yeah, I, I, I talked about how like the people that are tagged, <laughs> right? The people that they tag, why don't you just reach out to them too, right? Send them a personal invite, be like, hey, I saw that you got Jerry a job at this company. It would be great to connect and learn more if you're That's right. any positions because then you're literally talking to the hiring managers, right? So think about it in that regard. And that's how you strategize on LinkedIn, how to put yourself in a better position to get you into a company or get you network even bigger. Yeah, I literally saw that. I was like, dude, that makes so much sense, but it's so simple because they're literally just, they're just, it's just a post, right? It's like a picture of them getting a job and most people won't like click that, like see more sections like, oh, congrats, you got a job. And that's what they'll comment. But a lot of times when you do click see more, they'll tag, like you said, the hiring manager or someone who put them in contact with the right right person or whatever it is. So yeah, it was a super smart tip when I, or trick when I saw that, I was like, damn. That's <laughs> yeah, we, we think outside the box, Jerry. <laughs> but you know, that's a- that exact reaction that you just had about like, oh my gosh, it was so like, like, why aren't I doing that today? Right? That's exactly yeah. what we aim for. Mm-hmm. That when we see that little light bulb go off of students, especially as we give, give talks and give workshops, like that's what makes all this worth it. Mm-hmm. Right that 
Jonathan, again, this is something that we outside of work. This is something that, you know, that we don't get a salary for or anything like that. You know, this is, that's, that's, that's why this, it makes it all worth it, right? That we remember when we've had those moments. So how do we continually unlock that for others is really how we think about it. That's awesome, man. I, I mean, I really appreciate both, both of what you guys are doing. Like it's, it's amazing. And obviously you guys know exactly what you guys are talking about. So we've talked about connecting. We've talked about how to search people up your profile and content. Is there any last things that you guys want to talk about with LinkedIn? I'll just follow us on LinkedIn. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Always got a plug. That's amazing guys. So before we go, and I know we're starting to, to kind of wind down towards the end of the interview, I want to kind of test the both of you and see the different answers that you guys have. So are you guys ready? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So let's say I'm a senior. I've got one last semester. Let's say it's the beginning of spring semester, right? How do I position myself right throughout the semester so that I have the best chance of landing a job at the end of the, the semester? So going through like resume, um, LinkedIn, etc. how am I setting myself up the right way so that at the end of the year and when I'm walking across that stage, I have a job? Good, good question, Justin. Oh, and by the way, when we were when we said follow us on LinkedIn, we were just—I mean, of course, follow us on LinkedIn, but we actually do have advice. <laughs> we'll, we'll include it in here, actually. Um, but um, basically, one of the strategies that you can do is uh, we actually talked about it in one of our past LinkedIn lives. Um, you know, so a lot of people, what they do is, what do they do? They go on LinkedIn Jobs or they go on a job site, they apply to the job, right, and then they never hear back. That's what I literally did. Applied to 100 places, heard back from maybe two. Maybe they're just both rejection letters, right? But think about this. You have a, like, let's say you have a product marketing manager specifically, or actually, let's say product, yeah, actually product marketing manager, or, or yeah, basically that, right? And you are applying to, let's say, Zoom, and you're a senior, right? Usually people will just apply, right? But you can actually find the hiring manager super easily. Reason how? Literally copy and paste Zoom product marketing manager into search, filter it specifically to content, and you can find exactly who the hiring manager is or a professional who posted that specific post, right? Then what do you do? Like we talked about, you send a personal invite. Say, hey, Larry, hope your day is going well so far. My name is Jonathan Ampierre. I'm a fourth year here at UC, let's say University of Central Florida. I saw that you're recruiting specifically for this position. It would be great to connect and see if my qualifications align with this specific position. You just bridge the gap between you just applying to a position to you finding the hiring manager, getting on the phone with the hiring manager, showing your experiences, sending them your resume, getting you the offer, right? So I definitely utilize that tip, especially if you are trying to get your foot in the door at a lot of companies. That'll be really helpful, especially in your career when you are, if you're graduating, for example, so. Yep, I completely agree. Um, the other flip side to that is the other thing that you should do is just put yourself out there, right? Like, I think when I was going through college, you know, Google never recruited on campus. Um, and so I never even thought Google as one of the options for me as I graduated college. And so I remember I was in my junior year applying to internships. I threw my inter- internship application to Google, not putting any effort being like, whatever, I'll just try Lo and behold, it started the my entire career. So for everyone there, just try it. Apply. Because you'll never know what uh, will end up happening. Mm-hmm. I love that. So 
I'm going to start wrapping this up. I've got a few last questions, and they all have to do with the negotiation side of after you've received a job offer. Um, yeah. Is there what tips do you guys have for that negotiation process? Because I know, especially if it's your first job offer, you're like you're just ecstatic that you got one, and you just want to say yes because holy shit, you just got a job offer. So, what are the steps that you would take if, let's say? or did that you guys did take when Google offered you a job or Snap offered you your first job? Yeah, I think the number one thing to realize as you think about getting your job offer is to ask yourself, do I, do I think this is a fair market rate for the services that I can provide this company? Then the question someone I, someone I ask is, well, what is my fair market rate? And that's where the research comes in, right? The number one thing that you can do is you can't, it's very hard for you to, ask for more than the fair market rate unless you have a separate offer. But assuming that you do have one offer, the le- biggest leverage point that you can have is saying, hey, you offered me a total compensation of $70,000. But I see on Glassdoor, Indeed, and all these other websites that everyone else seems to pay about you know, $75,000. I'm currently being offered $70,000. Can you help me understand why I'm being paid $5,000 less than the market reference or the, the market average? And so one of two things will happen. One, they'll say, hey, you know what? That makes complete sense. Thank you for sending us research. We'll give you the 75000 Everyone's happy. You start your job with uh, being $5,000 searcher. The second thing that can happen, which will most likely, likely not happen, is, well, second thing that, that might happen is they might say, hey, um, you know, we have all these great perks. We have all these great benefits. And, you know, the team is great, the culture and all the stuff. But it's in your it's in your best interest and you have to bring the conversation back to thank you. I value that. And that's the reason why this is one of the companies I'm, I'm, I'm considering, but I would like to keep the conversation focused on compensation because recruiters go through these conversations hundreds of times per year. And you want to make sure that you keep it very fact-based instead of keeping it very emotional. And so all of which to hope you lead back to the first option of getting you that salary raise. And just to add to just so one, one last tip uh, to add to that yeah literally like jerry said just ask right at the end of the day you've been through let's say four rounds of interviews right and at the end of the day they don't want you to just fall off and not get you as a candidate right or as an employee so it's definitely important to of course negotiate specifically in regards to what you find value in yourself and ultimately with that company too as well because like let, let's say they increase it by five thousand for example, one of these big companies might be making five billion right now, and five thousand isn't is just a small coin yeah. in the water, right? So definitely just ask, and you know the worst thing that can happen is they just say no, right? So. That's right. Would do you feel that like would it ever come to a point where they would take the job offer away if you asked? Because I feel like that's a fear that a lot of people have. Well, you have to think about. Imagine if you're a recruiter, you have invested ten plus hours not only screening the resume, making sure that this candidate had interviewees, making sure that they, the interviewers felt, filled out the feedback, making sure that they followed up and because they're pretty much managing your entire recruiting process. So roughly 10 hours per candidate. Now, are they going to throw away that 10 hours of work? Understanding that their compensation is probably based off of the number of butts that they can fill in seats. Are they going to throw away those 10 hours just because you asked a question? Mm-hmm. Most likely not. They're incentivized to put you in their company as quickly as possible so that they can move, move you on to the next person. Now, 
if you're being, if your character change, if a different side of yourself comes out through this negotiation process that they didn't, they didn't see earlier, that isn't uh, fit with their um, company, you know, uh, culture policies, that be it, you suddenly become very rude and you, you know, the happily, you know, happy, bubbly Jerry that they knew before suddenly becomes very grumpy, very unreasonable, then there's that chance, right? But assuming that you can keep your cool, you're keep, you keep it fact-based, everything should be fine. Perfect. I love that. All right. So final question. What is a question that you guys wish that I asked you? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> can you say it differently? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, um, I think for me, one of the things that I would have loved to talk more about is like our motivations and why, mm-hmm. why we do this. Um, I think oftentimes when we do podcasts or when we do a lot of, uh, you know, different talks, it often revolves back around, hey, all right, let's talk about the content. Let's talk about what makes people successful. But oftentimes, you know, we we are also figuring it out, too. Mm-hmm. We're human beings. We're early in our careers. And we've been lucky enough to have mentors and people guide us and have the experience personally to go through all these type of situations so that we can talk about it. But I think getting to under, understand our underlying motivations, the reason why we why this is a huge passion for me is something that I love talking about. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say to you the story behind it, right? Because uh, like professionals, we've had like different struggles or we've had to face adversity, especially in our careers. And so by talking about that story of how uh-huh. we basically came through, we went through these different obstacles in order to get into our careers will ultimately also motivate individuals uh, to say like, oh, you know, I might be getting rejected from this company and this company, but at the end of the day, if I put all the work in specifically in regards to me networking on LinkedIn, finding job opportunities, having a perfect resume, then networking with recruiters, I can make it to as well. And basically by doing so, you're able to align with your different stories and share them and people can relate directly to it. So, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely been an awesome podcast. Another day another cheat code and you're on your way to defeating the level that we like to call college if you've liked any of the cheat codes that we've given out please hit that subscribe button and give us a review on itunes each review helps us grow and make sure that more people learn these tips we love to hear from you all so make sure you check out our website www.getchillgrindup.com and follow us on all social media platforms at getchillgrindup That's G-E-T-C-H-O-G-R-I-N-D-U-P. So until next time, peace.